Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, Renee David Alkali. Are you searching for the path to the discovery of wholeness and balance in your life? We'll discuss the future of holistic health care and how the concepts discussed on today's show can help you make better choices in your life. Now, here's your host, Renee David Alkali. Good morning and welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit. Living a Holistic Life. Uh, We're going to continue the topic we began last week. Uh, Thank you for your call-ins and uh, your feedback. Uh, I'm glad glad that you're getting benefit from the information and um, some of you have written uh, interesting uses of your own. So we left off uh, our discussion with uh, the concept of aroma communication and the importance uh, of that communication in nature, the importance of scent, and that it uh, plays a vital role in our survival. We discussed uh, a little bit about insects and animals, and I think we had left off uh, just getting to humans. We we have numerous studies that... uh, show us that uh, during the the first two months of life, infants display a preference for the smell of their mother's breast over that of other women. (laughs) The the other, um, the reverse is also true. Mothers uh, who are blindfolded in one study, and presented a choice of three babies, a majority of mothers were able to uh, find their own baby uh, based on uh, scent, based on smell. We certainly know that the menstrual cycles of women who live together become synchronized over a period of uh, several months. There's a number of speculations about that. One of them, of course, is Uh, vibrational levels, which is very interesting to me, uh, working as I do with uh, healing touch, where vibration becomes uh, a vital part of that uh, approach. However, another speculation is that each woman is exposed to the other woman's perspiration smell and adapting thereby to the other woman's cycle. The a study um, uh, based on men's underarms, perspiration, for example, when their underarms uh, uh, perspiration was swabbed uh, three times a week. doesn't sound pleasant, but this was the study on the uh, upper lip of women whose cycles were irregular. After a number of months, like two or three months, all the women's cycles were regulated to 29.5 days. Um, fascinating studies. The, we've also seen that women who are around men have more regulated cycles, and men who are around women have more rapid hair growth. So uh, these are just some of the considerations regarding scent, because we're going into the topic of aromatherapy, that is the topic of today's program. 
and we'll define it in a few moments. Before that, I'd like to uh, bring in one more aspect of aroma communication, and that's in plants. Um, There's about 20,000 plants uh, that are part of a large family of plants that have beautiful flowers with assorted colors. And these plants range in size from uh, a quarter of an inch to 100 feet long vines. These flowers have adapted uh, in many ways their color, their image, and their scent and thereby become they become very individualized and also to suit individual needs in order for survival. So part of the flower of an orchid, for example, uh, of the draca the dracata the dracaea species. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, dracaea, I believe, is uh, is the species in Australia. And that resembles a wasp, a female wasp. What happens is the male wasp comes out about two weeks earlier than the females, and the flower takes full advantage of the time difference because the flowers open and emit a scent similar to the female wasp just during the time period after the male wasp appears. The male wasp, therefore, is driven by that the mating instinct and the whale male wasp lands on the flower attempts to mate with it when he does that that action triggers a lever in the lobe of the flower that throws him into the flower head first as the wasp struggles to escape the pollen sacs become stuck to his back so that afterwards when the wasp visits another flower of the same species, the process is repeated and the pollen from the previous flower is transferred to the new one. That leads to pollination. Very interesting survival mechanism for the flower and for its reproduction. There's another species of orchid called the um, Ophrys, and that's from the Mediterranean region, and that secretes a a chemical scent similar to the pheromone of a female wasp. Uh, That scent lures the male wasp to the flower. So during the pseudo-copulation, the pollen mass sticks to the male wasp, same principle, then transports it to the stigma of the next flower, the same species, we we find this in nature in you know quite often in the tropics there are orchids um, of the Trichoceras uh, uh, genus for example that mimic female flies and are pollinated by sexually aroused males so uh, you know we can we can come up with numerous examples of this. The chemicals that are known as tarpenes and tannins um, were produced, um, protein content becomes altered. That causes leaves of certain flowers to become indigestible. And um, 
that protects them from uh, from being consumed. The uh, quite a remarkable find was uh, nearby trees in uh, uh, in certain areas where uh, there was infestation, insect infestation. Certain nearby trees were not being bothered by insects at all. And they began to produce uh, the same defenses, even though these trees were quite far from one another and there wasn't really any physical contact between their root systems or branches. So scientists came up with the theory that the infested trees communicated with the other trees by releasing airborne chemicals known as aroma molecules. So this is, you know, these are just some facts in nature that relate to insects, animals, humans, and plants. So what exactly is aromatherapy? Um, We use it here in our practice, as do many holistic practitioners. Aromatherapy is a holistic treatment. It utilizes essential oils that are extracted from aromatic plants to create balance and harmony in the body, the mind, the spirit. Uh, Aromatherapy requires some amount of skilled use of essential oils, um, either wild-crafted, which uh, some people do. You go and pick certain herbs and create your own oils. Uh, we can certainly give you information on how to do that, but that information is readily available. The uh, uh, These oils are extracted from flowers or spices or fruits, uh, sometimes from woods and leaves, and they're extracted for their aesthetic, their psychological, and their medicinal applications. So when we utilize aromatic uh, aromatherapy as a treatment, uh, we use it to create balance and harmony. And we take into consideration the client's state of well-being. Also, the stress levels a client may be under, their nutritional levels, the what kind of job they have, their relationship, basically all aspects of the client's life. You know, scent, we've seen, scent is all around us. It's there every day, every and it's everywhere. It's so prevalent that we take it for granted. Uh, scents may be very commonplace, but certainly without the sense of smell, our lives would be diminished. The scent, scent enhances life, but what we're talking about with aromatherapy as a therapy is that it does a lot more than enhance life. We use aroma for healing. And for healing, it works on a multidimensional level or many levels. It works to treat emotional problems. It works to treat physical problems. It clears up our thinking process. Um, it may optimize our performance. It may be aphrodisiac. Um, aromatherapy 
can is used um, by uh, religious societies in uh, for meditation. Uh, it's uh, you might discover that aromatherapy is very has a very concrete science is a concrete science with a very strong scientific basis. Um, so these are these are some considerations, and if you're considering at all learning more about um, aromatherapy, uh, I do suggest certain organizations that I recommend. I would recommend NAHA, the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy. You know, there's no licensing for aromatherapy. There's no special uh, licensure that's available currently, which I think is a mistake. Um, Aromatherapists shouldn't have the benefit of being licensed healers. That's a political issue, more so than than a reality in terms of the capacity for aromatherapy to work. There are certifications, of course, and they're done through various schools. Uh, And you can find that information through NAHA, which is, as I said, the National Association for Holistic uh, Aromatherapy. They publish a journal. They also have uh, resources. There's also uh, IJCA.net. That's the International Journal of Clinical Aromatherapy. So, you know, it's uh, it's a little sad to say that uh, with the amount of information that we have, that um, aromatherapists cannot be licensed and thereby work fully within the uh, the healing, the health system. So how do we use aromatherapy? Well, aromatherapy, as I said, are essential oils. They're oily components that are taken from petals of flowers, leaves, roots, seeds. You know, uh, we've mentioned that. And there are plants that yield oil from only one part. Others um, contain oil in several parts. An orange tree, for example. An orange tree will yield oil from the flowers, the twigs, the leaves, the rind of the fruit, uh, the leaves, buds, and stems from the clove tree contain oil. Um, The tree of uh, Litsia cubeba, for example, only yields oil through the fruits, They produce an essential oil. So there's a quality and quantity of essential oil that's produced from each of these. And that depends on various um, factors. We're going to take a break at this time, and we'll come back and talk about application, aroma, lamps, the use of oils for essential oils for baths, and how to use it in your daily life to make it effective for you. So stay with us, and we'll be back in just a few moments with this very interesting and practical subject that you can apply as of 
today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You are listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, myself, Renee David Alkali. I am a naturopathic doctor in private practice in Forest Hills, New York, at 10202 Metropolitan Avenue. A description of classes and programs that we offer is available on our website, www.genesistreeoflife.com. We offer wellness programs in yoga, martial arts, tai chi, ballroom dance, personal and group fitness, meditation, and seminars on various health topics. These are at our studio or as in-reach at your facility. We can bring these programs to you, to your organization. Check our website, www.genesistreeoflife.com, for our corporate wellness program and some of our other classes. Or you may call us at 718-544-5997. So we're back with you. And um, we're speaking about how to use aromatherapy and what what some of the uh, oils are and what their effects are. The uh, essential oils are referred to as ethereal substances, but they're certainly more than just things that smell nice. The We were talking about the quality and quantity produced, and that depends on a number of factors. For example, location, where the plant is grown, the altitude where it grows, its moisture, its climate, the condition of the soil, even the season or time of day or night, that the plant material is harvested. If we go out and start wildcrafting or picking the the herbs uh, in nature, then the extraction process, you know, how do we extract it, that plays a key role in the quality of an oil. Generally, uh, we do steam distillation or carbon dioxide extraction, or um, we might do some cold-pressed oils, uh, they're always preferable to using heat. Um, there are some extracted oils uh, that are extracted with a solvent, and I would not recommend those at all because solvents include harmful chemicals uh, by which oils are extracted. So you do want to check what you're buying or what you're or how you're uh, extracting it uh, if you're doing it by yourself or what the company is <laughs> what their extraction process is how they actually um, process it so we said there are ethereal substances but oils can be used uh, simply and effectively uh, simply by beautifying the body. (laughs) Uh, By creating, um, we can create a very beautiful environment with the use of oils. Uh, Certainly oils have been used uh, since time immemorial 
perhaps, or certainly since ancient cultures, um, to help promote a sense of peace, a sense of a happy mental state. Um, here, I'm going to mention some methods that can be used to use aromatic oils. Um, for application, uh, in a self-application method, you might apply the oil on the skin. You know, you rub it in until it's fully absorbed. Uh, application here is used when a massage is not absolutely necessary. Uh, also, there's the use of oils with a, aroma lamps. That has a small container that's heated after water and essential oil are added. Um, we have we have them here, for example, with a little glass bowl, and underneath it a little stand for a candle. So as the candle heats the glass, the oil uh, begins to smoke, and uh, the aroma spreads around the room. When the water becomes hot, basically the vapors are dispersed dispersed into the air. Another use that I use um, essential oils for is baths. Uh, the, uh, I think many people have gone into a uh, steam room, for example, and smelled, uh, become aware of the scent of eucalyptus. Many spas will scent a steam room with eucalyptus. Eucalyptus is uh, a very fine oil. We're going to... One of the things the eucalyptus does is it treats respiratory problems, for example, colds, asthma. It also boosts the immune system. It relieves muscle tension. So certainly eucalyptus in a steam room, very apropos, very appropriate. But uh, the use of oils in baths goes back a long, long way. In many cultures, we find baths were very important. Uh, important part of daily life for cleaning, for cleansing. Um, anyone who's enjoyed a, a bath uh, certainly is aware of the beneficial health aspects, and they have a wonderful therapeutic uh, capacity to relax us and calm us uh, and to invigorate and refresh the body. If you do an, an aroma, aromatherapy bath, it can be incredibly pleasurable. It, um, it can actually be a, something that you anticipate and look forward to and actually plan out. Um, you know, you can, ha you can do an aromatherapy bath and make that an incredibly sensuous experience. Uh, how do you do that? Well, you close the bathroom door and window to keep the essential oil vapors from escaping you might want to put some soft music on, uh, music that you enjoy listening to. You fill the bathtub with water, as warm as you, you can, as you like. Then you mix some essential oils with the carrier oil and add the blend to the bath water. We'll talk about carrier oils in a, a few moments. So you're adding that to the bath. Then you just swirl the water around to distribute the oils evenly, and you get into the bath. You know, if you want to make it a little more uh, personal, you, you don't need to use the, the overhead light. You might burn some incense candles, 
some aroma, aromatic candles that uh, also have a healing effect. Candles that are not made with uh, with uh, a chemical process that uh, diffuses things that may not be conducive to better health. So this is this is um, the way you would use it in a bath, quite simply. Uh, aromas, uh, aromatherapy can be used as a body powder, and body powders. We use those to deodorize, to disinfect the skin. We also use them to scent to the skin. How? What would you do there? Well, some directions for you. You would measure the amount of cornstarch that's needed, and in that you pour a small, wide mouth. You pour into a small, wide mouth glass jar. You pour that in. Then you would add the essential oils. Mix the ingredients thoroughly. Allow the powder to sit for a day, uh, and then use it. And uh, that will scent the body, deodorize the body, disinfect the skin. You know, we spend so much money on these chemical cosmetics, and this is such uh, such a simple way to make your own things, save money, and be healthier, and be happier. Uh, what about creams? Creams are extremely useful aromatherapy products. We find many uh, many things in the creams that we buy that actually we could do ourselves so easily and would be so healthy, much healthier, because we find healthy ingredients, but they're always mixed with chemicals in some of the commercial products. For example, tea tree. We find tea tree oil in many things. We find avocado in many things. We find uh, orange or carrot in many things. We, we see the oils being added in. But then they're always mixed with a wide array of, uh, of chemicals. So uh, creams are very easy to apply. They enter the skin very readily. They go through the skin. They have smooth texture. Uh, they're... You know, natural vegetable butter is is used as a medium in the creams that I'm suggesting here and that I learned when I was studying uh, uh, aromatherapy. And these were, and this is what I'm passing along. So what you would do there is you place the indicate the amount of vegetable butter in a wide mouth glass jar. And quantities can easily be gotten either on the Internet or you can call me. It depends how much you want to make of these things. Uh, You put that into a jar. Uh, You put the jar into a small pot of water and you heat it. When the butter begins to melt or it's melted, then you add the carrier oil. You mix that very well with a wooden spoon and you remove from the heat. As it cools, you add the essential oils. And again, you stir well. You just stir it. And you've got yourself a beautiful cream. Now, you can use, you can use any of the essential oils that you like. You can use orange. You can use lemon as an essential oil. You can use lavender, tea tree, um, e- eucalyptus, geranium, uh, rosemary, I'll mention what some of these things do in a few moments. But right now we're talking about how to use aromatherapy. 
the the next usage that um, I'm suggesting to you is with a diffuser. So you buy yourself a diffuser. They're very inexpensive. A diffuser uh, disperses a mist of microparticles of essential oil, and that creates an aromatic atmosphere inside your house or inside your apartment. There are different types of diffusers that are available. Uh, you can choose a small one or a large one. You know, it depends on the size of the area you're covering. The formulas given for diffuser, for the use of diffusers, are usually in percentages uh, rather than drops. And that's due to the different types of units. So in one type, for example, essential oils are added to a pad that is vaporized by an electric fan. And there's another type that has a small glass bottle. Uh, we place the essential oils into that. The oil is then propelled into a nebulizer, vaporized into the air. Then there's a third type, and that requires the essential oils to be again on a pad and releases the vapors through a warming process. So... We're going to take our second break. When we come back, we'll talk about how to give yourself a facial sauna, um, how to give yourself, how to get a massage or give a massage, how to use aromatherapy uh, as a mist to make it yourself, what to do if you have a home sauna or steam room, what are the different ways to use it, and how would you use aromatherapy as an inhalation, steam inhalation. So stay with us. We're going to be back in a few moments and we'll discuss these applications. You are listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, myself, Renee David Alkali. I am a naturopathic doctor in private practice in Forest Hills, New York, at 102-02 Metropolitan Avenue in Forest Hills. A complete description about my services and the products that are available at our wellness center can be found on my website, www.genesishealthbeauty.com. That's www.genesishealthbeauty.com. Or you may call us at 718-544-5997. And welcome back. We just described the use of diffusers and the three types. The next application is giving yourself a facial sauna. What a wonderful experience if you can do that a few times a week. It's used for facial cleansing. It opens up clogged pores. It really revitalizes problem skin. And the directions are, again, so simple. You heat a small pot of water. You pour it into a bowl. And then you add the essential oils. Uh, you may remember this from what grandmother did when you, when you had a cold and you were all clogged up. Your sinuses were clogged. So you, you add the essential oil, and then you immediately drape a towel over your head, forming a kind of tent over the bowl. 
close your eyes, you lean forward toward the vapors for five to ten minutes. You just breathe them in. That's it. That's it. You breathe them in and you let those vapors go, you know, cover your whole face. They'll open the pores. They'll start your whole face breathing. All those pores will open. Your sinuses will open. Your brain will open. You know, it's uh, it's just a wonderful feeling. Uh, it worked when I was a kid, and my grandmother did that. I mean, these are things that people have been doing in different ways for millennia. Um, the the other thing you can do is uh, place uh, place the uh, is, is use it for a massage. So when you use oils as a massage or aromatherapy as a massage, that can be tremendous a tremendous means of getting rid of pressures of daily life. If you've received a massage then you know how you know how tight your muscles have become and the amount of tension that's that you're storing in your body many people think of massage as a luxury and so they use it only in times of severe distress but really if you think about it living under you know living in modern society you know massage is not just for extraordinary circumstances. All the circumstances of modern life are extraordinary. A massage is a beneficial measure for stressed individuals, and we should be getting that on a regular basis. The best results when giving or receiving a massage, and these are guidelines to follow, the room should be quiet. The room should be warm. It should be comfortable. Uh, we want soft music that can be played to promote relaxation. Perhaps misting, you know, using mist of a nice essential oil fragrance in the room before the treatment. Uh, staying in a calm state before giving the massage or receiving a massage, getting a little calmer. Tension is easily transferred from one person to another. So uh, it can be transferred from the person receiving the massage to the the person giving one or vice versa. No jewelry on the body. Uh, A firm cushion can be used if a massage table is not available. The person getting the massage should be covered with a sheet or blanket for warmth. And then you choose the appropriate aromatherapy massage formulas. Place all of that, place all the oils close by. This way you don't have to go searching for them or reaching for them during the massage. Uh, Wash your hands with warm, hot, or hot water before and after giving the massage. Wear comfortable clothing. If you're giving a massage, you have to be comfortable. If you're getting a massage, you have to be comfortable. And then you warm the carrier base oil by placing the small container in warm water. Pour a sufficient amount into the palm of your hand. You rub your hands together, and then you apply the oil on 
the skin of the recipient. Um, if you need these directions written out, you know, we can provide them. But again, a lot of this information, if you really start to research, is available. So I hope that just by the fact that we're speaking about it, um, you will consider giving a massage if you're in a relationship or getting one and utilizing these elements. It's not just about getting someone on their back or on their stomach and giving a massage. All of these elements make it a beautiful experience and a healing experience. The, the next application is a mist spray. It's a very easy way, very effective way to get some aromatic vapors into the air. And that's the use of a mist spray. As the aromas mature in the bottle, the fragrance actually improves and becomes more pleasant. So what do we do? Well, we fill a a four-ounce fine mist spray bottle with purified water, and then we add the essential oils. We tighten everything down, we shake it well, and then to use it, we again shake the bottle well, sit comfortably uh, in a chair, you close your eyes, you spray the mist approximately 10 times over your head, two sprays at a time, and you take slow, deep breaths, breathing the vapors deeply, Use, uh, using certainly indoors for best results. If you're doing it for someone, you can have them sit, and you shake the bottle, and you spray the mist, Um, 10 times over their head, not on their head, over their head. You let the aroma, the aromatherapy, the mist, the vapors just kind of settle downward. I had mentioned the sauna and a steam room, and that's probably one of the greatest places to really loosen tight muscles. Also to get rid of a lot of impurities because we're sweating them out and to relieve stress. Mist sprays are very useful to help the breathing passages. Also for giving a nice scent in the air. When you walk into a sauna or a steam room and you smell, or when I smell that eucalyptus or lemon or lavender, that just makes a world of difference in my experience. The uh, uh, look at directions, we've seen directions for mist sprays. When using uh, a mist spray, always spray away from the face. Don't spray into the face and certainly keep your eyes closed because these are powerful oils and we don't want them to irritate the eyes. So we saw the steam inhalation already, and um, that those are some of the uses. I want to mention some oils now that I use in my practice. And, um, you know, these are oils that I learned how to work with when I, when I studied aromatherapy. And so I find them very useful, very effective. The first one is sage. You know, it's called salvia scalaria. 
Sage is a natural painkiller. It has calming, soothing effects. It can help with insomnia, and it balances hormones. Another one I've mentioned a few times in today's program is eucalyptus, one of my favorites, because it does help with respiratory problems, uh, such as coughs. Um, I have a, a cough, for example, and I'm going to use my eucalyptus right after this show. So uh, I find it very effective and very healing and helpful for me. Uh, eucalyptus is eucalyptus globulus or radiata. And uh, besides coughs and colds or asthma or breathing, it also uh, perks up the immune system and it uh, relaxes muscle tension. The other oil that I use comes from geranium. Geranium is one of my favorites to suggest to women, uh, but certainly I've used it. It balances hormones. It improves skin tone and texture, particularly in women. And its scent is very relaxing, uplifting, and antidepressant. Um, one of my all-time favorites and probably one of everyone's all-time favorites is lavender, Lavendula augustifolia, lavender. Lavender is incredible in, for calming us, for relieving tension. We can also use lavender to treat wounds, burns. Uh, Lavandula vera from a different plant will generally balance hormones in women. It also acts as an anti-inflammatory. It's relaxing. It's uplifting. It's an antidepressant. Um, it also kills bugs, certain bugs, purifies our environment, uh, like it will kill lice and bed bugs, for example. Um, lemon is, one of, is another of my favorites. So there are certain ones that I work with. Citrus limon, the, ener the scent of a lemon is very energizing, uh, but simultaneously it's energizing, but it's also relaxing. And um, it's what else does it have? Well, lemon has probably an antiseptic quality. It's uh, probably antibacterial. I'm pretty sure it is. And it's used widely around the world to treat infections, to treat wounds. And, um, you know, and uh, as a, I use it also as a cleaning product and as a deodorizing agent. The next one is peppermint. Uh, well, any of the mints are great for digestion. Peppermint, spearmint, all of those. I like peppermint, mente piperita. Um, uh, peppermints used to treat head and muscle aches, uh, but also very, very effective for digestive disorders. If you're getting a little too much gas or cramping or bloating, you might try some peppermint. Uh, the next one on my list is rosemary, rosmarinus officinalis. And... Um, so what does rosemary do? 
Well, again, it relieves muscle aches and tension. It helps with digestion. So um, we, I'm just thinking of which, uh, which other herb uh, I use. I'm trying to remember. I know there's three or four others. I believe the next one that is important for me that I use on a regular basis would be tea tree oil, uh, melaleuca, uh, alternifolia. Tea tree oil is wonderful. I use a, a tea tree oil shampoo, for example. Sometimes I've made my own, but uh, it's certainly available as a natural shampoo. It's very antifungal. It try, uh, very to- on a to- applied topically, it treats conditions like vaginal yeast infections, jock itch, athlete's foot. Uh, you can put it on ringworm. The scents also boosts the immune system. And uh, one of the last ones that I use quite a bit is Ilang Ilang or uh, Kananga Odorata. Ilang Ilang also relieves muscle tension. It serves as an antidepressant. It induces relaxation. So you see that many of the oils that I use cross over. They do similar things. So why use them all? Because they don't all work for everyone. Uh, They work, you have to know the type of person, the blood type, their Ayurvedic type, uh, a number of other factors before making a decision uh, as to what oil might work best for them. So you can also just simply experiment and see what works for you. But you'll find that some work better than others. If one isn't working to relax your muscle tension, then, you know, after you've given it a few days to, uh, to build up in your body and to have the desired effect, then certainly change. Try a different one. Are oils dangerous to, to handle? You know, it's a question that comes up. It's a valid question. Uh, do we need to be careful about how we hand how we handle the oils so that uh, they don't hurt us? We want to use them safely, so you have to stay within certain rules because an essential oil is very concentrated. It should be that if we're going to use it on the skin, it should always be um, it should all be always be diluted with a carrier oil before putting it on the skin. Now, we spoke about carrier oils. How, um, what are some of the carrier, common carrier oils? And how would we, how would we apply them in a safe manner? Well, some of the carrier oils are almond, sweet almond. Uh, apricot kernel, avocado, barrage, flaxseed, grapeseed, hazelnut, uh, and jojoba, or jojoba. There's also others like sunflower, walnut, kakui nut. Um, those would be some of the essential oils that are out there. And the only one that should be used 
should be a pure, unrefined carrier oil, uh, a pure, only pure essential oils. Never, never buy oils that are solvent extracted or synthetic or refined. As soon as we enter into the refining process, uh, that removes a lot of valuable nutrients and chemicals. Uh, also, preserve chemical preservatives are usually added to extend the shelf life um, of the product. The next thing about safety to be aware of is the oils, certain oils like basil, sweet basil, bergamot, cinnamon, leaf, uh, clove, uh, grapefruit, uh, mandarin, orange, pepper, spearmint, and uh, tangerine. Those, all of those can irritate the skin. And uh, especially if your skin is dry, if you do start getting a skin irritation, uh, what should you do? If it's the result of an essential oil, so you would immediately apply lavender uh, on the oil near or a carrier or near or add to carrier oil to the or add a carrier oil to that area. That will quickly soothe the skin. If a person is uh, sensitive, the number of drops of essential oils in the massage and bath oil formulas can always be reduced. You can always do less. If you have more, you can always do a little bit less. The um, so we we had a little break in our in our program. We were discussing if a person is sensitive and how to adapt and how to minimize uh, the oils so that they're not irritating. When you apply essential oils on the skin, you could use a spray mist or you could take a scented bath, but always be careful not to get the essential oil vapors into the eyes. If the oils have uh, already irritated the eyes, then flush your eyes out with cool water. Also, some amount of care needs to be taken when you're using carrier and essential oils during pregnancy. A lot of the oils have a stimulating effect on the uterus that can be quite helpful at the appropriate time to facilitate childbirth. But if those oils are used prior to the time of childbirth, they can bring on premature labor. Also, certain common foods, spices and vegetable oils, celery, carrots, parsley, basil, uh, just what comes to mind, uh, marjoram, safflower oil, uh, all of those can stimulate uterine contractions. You have to be aware of that if you're pregnant. As far as amounts of essential oil, once we have a carrier oil, we can use uh, the smallest would be two or three uh, drops at a time. And uh, small amounts of the fo following essential oils are actually like two or three drops are okay during pregnancy. Which are those? Well, bergamot, coriander, cypress, 
frankincense, ginger, geranium, grapefruit, lemon and lime, mandarin, and lavender. I mean, those are just some that come to my mind. I'm sure more will... If I if I sit long enough, uh, I'll get some more. But we're talking about the safe usage of herb of uh, oils. If you're highly allergic, what do you do? Well, I would do a simple test and see if there's any sensitivity to a particular oil. Just rub a drop of carrier oil on the upper chest area, and then 12 hours check for redness or any other type of skin reaction. If the skin is clear, place one drop of an essential oil diluted in 15 drops of the same carrier oil and again rub it on the chest, upper chest area. If there is no skin reaction after 12 hours, then the carrier and the essential oil can be used. We're going to take one more break uh, before we conclude this topic. regarding safety, and then we'll also talk about how to handle oils, the handling of oils. So stay with us. Uh, We'll be back shortly finishing this topic of the safe use of essential oils. You are listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, myself, Dr. Renee David Alkali. I am a naturopathic doctor in private practice in Forest Hills, New York, uh, at 10202 Metropolitan Avenue. I want to take a moment to tell you about our free programs for veterans with PTSD, for children with cancer, and for young adults with mental disabilities. If you have a loved one or friends, that fall into any of these categories, please have them call us. Uh, We have free programs available. There is no charge. Uh, We offer these through our not-for-profit, and you can find us online at www.genesissociety.org. These programs are made available by your generous support. Please continue to support them. Continue to help us make them available at no charge to our community. Check our website, www.genesissociety.org, or you may call us at 718-544-5997. So we're back. And we're finishing up this topic of the safe handling or safety, safe use of oils. We just finished uh, giving you a suggestion if you're if you have any allergies or sensitivity. So if you have no skin reaction, as we said, within after 12 hours, then carrier oil and the essential oil can be used. Another suggestion is don't consume alcohol except maybe a little wine with a meal. Uh, at any time period when you're using essential oils. Uh, don't use essential oils if you're on medication. The oils might interfere with the meds. Oils are very powerful. Uh, after an application of citrus oils on the skin, 
Um, another it's an important consideration is avoid sunbathing. If you're using citrus oils on the skin, also stay out of a sauna and any hot bath because that could lead to skin damage. So those are some safety guidelines. What about handling? How do we handle oil? What happens in the handling? Well, you know, accidents can happen. Suppose you spill some on furniture. Um, that uh, because if you if you happen to spill some essential oil on furniture, in the most parts it will remove the finish. So you have to be careful when handling the the bottles. Also, an essential oil, if you're storing it in a brown colored glass, then you have to keep it in a dark, cool place. The um, when you're storing, also be careful when here. So you be careful when you're handling the bottles. When you're storing the essential oils, store them in brown-colored glass bottles, and then keep them in a dark, cool place. Always, always use a glass dropper when you're measuring drops of essential oil. Uh, these are powerful and they're they're expensive as well. So you want just the right amount. Keep all all the bottles that you can have. Keep them tightly closed to prevent the oils from evaporating and oxidizing. And lastly, always store essential oils out of reach and out of sight of children. So those are some of the safety and handling tips that I'm sharing with you today. We have, uh, we have a minute left, and uh, we're not going to continue this subject next week. We'll go on to another subject. But if you're interested in aromatherapy and learning more about it, do get in touch with us. We occasionally have workshops here, or we can put you in touch with uh, some of the schools that offer full certification programs. The little programs we have on aromatherapy here are useful. You can put them into immediate effect in your life, but they won't lead to any certification if that's what you're interested in. But do get in touch with us. We'd be happy to have you and speak with you and have you participate. So thank you for being with me. Please use aromatherapy in your daily life. It will make a major difference. It will make a huge difference. Trust me on it and call me and let me know. Uh, so be well, be happy, be joyous. And um, I look forward to being with you next week. Uh, until then, God bless you.